Hello and welcome to Keating Sidebar. On today's episode, we have Brian Clement, electrical engineer at MEP Engineering. MEP is a consulting engineering firm and we cover all disciplines, mechanical, electrical, plumbing types of projects all around the Denver metro area and beyond. It's not really that they're trying to make dim the lights down more. It's what they've added is a, a secondary daylight zone. So you have your primary daylight zone, which is, you know, eight feet from the window. And then the secondary daylight zone goes, you know, the, that distance again away from the window. So 16 feet. Um, and just so that those lights even further into the space are going to be controlled. Hi, Katie. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Did you have a good weekend? <laughs> yeah, I did. What did you do? Uh, well, you know, it's cold this time mm -hmm. of year, so we kind of stayed inside, movies, some hot chocolate. Uh, in our house, we have hot chocolate with whipped cream and marshmallows. Oh, not fancy. Why, why choose one? Right? I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually just tried out a chocolate bomb. Have you done those? Yes. Those are fun. Those, I like that. that. Cool. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more excitement with your hot chocolate. Sometimes there's <laughs> marshmallows inside, inside it. <laughs> Yes. So today's episode is Brian Clement. I thought this was really interesting and so helpful because it is really touching on the topic of the energy codes that we're seeing now already implemented in Denver and we're needing to address with our projects and with our clients. And I felt comforted by his info because now I feel like I have a clearer picture and it's not as scary as I thought it would be. Yeah. For sure. And MEP is always great on keeping us attuned to the changes that we're seeing, you know, whether it be power, which, you know, we all felt this a few years ago with the added power for conference rooms and mm -hmm. we're just continually changing, you know, there's a impacts with the latest code on power mm -hmm. and lighting, you know, daylight harvesting is a thing that's not going away. It's increasing. So Brian had great insight on those changes. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was great. So enjoy Brian Clement. Hi, Brian. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, this is Brian Clement. He is here from MEP Engineering and he is an expert in electrical engineering. So he's here to help us understand some of what is coming or already being implemented uh, in building code as it relates to energy codes and electrical codes. So um, it's definitely a buzz topic. Uh, we're hearing a lot of um, worried clients saying, what should we expect? What What is coming? Um, so I guess let's start with what are major changes that are now being implemented in the commercial energy code? Uh, yeah, so in the 2021 IACC, which is... Uh, Currently enforced a couple jurisdictions around the Denver metro and Denver is going to be adopting it. Mm -hmm. I think in March is the latest I've heard and Aurora is falling pretty shortly after there in May. Um, uh, one of the major things we have to worry, one of the major changes we have to worry about on the electrical side is plug load control. That's a big uh, new requirement uh, in this year's energy code. Um, there's also some changes to uh, daylight harvesting requirements. Um, some occupancy center changes, things that are required that weren't necessarily, necessarily required in previous years. Uh, and just overall, uh, the watts per square foot that you're allowed is, is going down as it has been for the last couple of years. So 
So what is plug load control? I yes. think like if our property managers are going to start hearing that from contractors, because they really jump on board and like start to adapt to what the codes are as they work through plans, but they're going to come to us and say, what is that? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically uh, it's a section of the code that requires uh, 50% of the receptacles in, in certain spaces to be controlled. Um, either with the uh, lighting controls of the space, kind of like you'd have in a residential application where you have, you know, like a switched, half mm-hmm. switched outlet um, or with some kind of time clock that controls, you know, all the receptacles, half of the receptacles in a certain area okay. uh, kind of scheduled with, uh, you know, the operating hours of the, of the spaces. Is that something that is currently in, do you see it more in Europe already? Do you know? So I feel like that's what people are saying. Oh, this is kind of like how it is in Europe where you might have a, a, a outlet that kind of has a switch on it. Um, it different? It's kind of similar to that. I mean, it's kind of, it's the same idea where you mm-hmm. want to be able to control, you know, how much energy is being used in a space when no one is, is there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also been uh, something they enforce in California for a long time since they mm-hmm. go by the ASHRAE standard. They've had that for a couple of years. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So is it something that, um, if say you have a standard office, you, you have a private office and you have your computer and maybe uh, a radio or a, a light or something else plugged in, you can have your computer on the outlet that is not going to go off. Cause I think that's going to be the, a lot of people's concern is like, what about our computers? We don't want them to go off and we're not there. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. You can definitely, you know, plug anything that needs to stay on 24 seven into the, the non-controlled half of the outlet. Okay. Um, and the idea is really to turn off, you know, task lighting, phone chargers, space things heaters, that, things, the, that, things that, don't that don't really need to be, need to be going when mm-hmm. no one's using the office. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, oh, so sorry, it go could ahead. be like, this could be controlled by like time clock. And so you could say, oh, our people get in at 730 and they're gone at 530. And so after like outside of that, like window of hours then those like 50% of like non kind of essential outlets would be turned off. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely, you, you can do that. You, if you do that, if you go that route, you do have to have some kind of manual override control. So if someone is in there after hours, they can flip a switch and turn on um, all those outlets mm-hmm. if they need to use them. Um, but yeah, it can certainly go the time clock route instead of with the occupancy sensors. Mm-hmm. Is there, is there cost to this? Like, um, are these types of outlets m- more expensive? Um, the outlets themselves aren't particularly more expensive um, because you didn't, they're, they're found in residential applications a lot already that have, you know, a switch like to half of the outlet. Um, the overall controls and controls wiring does definitely add some cost to a project. It's typically about 50 cents a square foot. Um, so you're probably looking at about $2 a square foot total for just for the controls. Okay. Um, but I mean, light fixtures are tending to get a little cheaper as time goes on. So it kind of balances out somewhat. So that's good to know because that's something that um, we can help um, our clients with planning for is, you know, include that when we're in our pricing plan phase and things like that. Um, Something we've been hearing for a while is daylight harvesting. Can you talk about what, what that is and what's required with that? Sure. Um, So right now, if you have uh, uh, a long, you know, stretch of, of window to like an open office space or something, if you have more than 150 Watts of lighting within a zone that is counting from the height of the window 
out into the space. So, you know, if you have an eight foot high window, eight feet into the space, if you have more than 150 watts of lighting power in that space, it has to be controlled uh, with a photo cell to, you know, dim the lights and to, as the daylight gets brighter outside. Okay. And that's something that we have in our office. It's, it really isn't, I, I think people hear that and they think, oh, this this sounds terrible. It's going to be like our dark all of a sudden. And it's yeah. really not. I think you have so much daylight coming in. You really don't need those lights on full. Yeah, for sure. Ideally, ideally, it's something that you don't really notice. It just kind of dims the light as the day goes on. And, you know, your light level stays the same at your at your workspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you mentioned that the, um, like maybe the, it's changing, like the amount is changing. Like, is that because like people have gotten used to like, okay, now the lights are going to dim. Now we're going to like dim them a little bit more because <laughs> you're like a gradual. <laughs> um, they're not, it's not really that they're trying to make dim the lights down more. It's what they've added is a, a secondary daylight zone. So you have your primary daylight zone, which is, you know, eight feet from the window. And then the secondary daylight zone goes, you know, the, that distance again away from the window. So 16 feet. Um, and just so that those lights even further into the space are going to be controlled with the photo cell, but they won't be, they'll be programmed to not go down quite as dim as the ones next to the window. Okay. Okay. And that's only in open office areas or is that like applicable to private office? Uh, it could, it would be applicable to a private office if you had more than 150 Watts of lighting in there, but that's pretty uncommon with led fixtures because they're so generally low wattage. So open office spaces or like corridors that run along a window are where we see it most often. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is you, I think also mentioned when we were talking before um, with your notes that are, are they changing the um, density per square foot you can have as well with wattage? Uh, yeah. The, the watts per square foot has pretty much gone down in every year of the IECC. Um so I think for general office space, you're looking at 0.62 watts per square foot now, down from 0.7. So it just, it's just kind of gradually gone down. It's typically not too hard for us to meet that with all the LED lighting as everyone is going yeah. towards now. Um, but if you have a space that has you know a lot of decorative fixtures, accent lighting, things like that, we can start to approach that limit for sure. But mm-hmm. it's, so it's definitely something to be aware of. Yeah. It's like a lot of, um, buildings have been going to led and that solves a lot of that issue for sure. And so it makes sense that a lot of them are going to that, but we still have some older remodel projects that have older fixtures. And it's, is it still the same rule that if you're not doing 10% new, you don't get kicked into that, um, energy code requirement? Uh, yeah, they still have similar exemptions. So if you're just replacing less than 10% of the fixtures in the space and you aren't increasing the wattage overall in the space, you don't have to meet uh, a lot of the contract requirements. Um, so we can still uh, be exempt from the code for, for some of those older buildings where they're trying to keep and reuse those old fluorescent lights. Okay. Yeah. Um, so part of that like kind of analysis is like the com check, right? <laughs> so Again, like it's something that we've seen on plans a lot, um, mm-hmm. but what is the com check? Uh, yeah, the com check is pretty much just uh, a form we have to fill out to show that we're meeting uh, all the requirements of the of the code in the space. You know, it has, we have to calculate the, the watts per square foot with all the fixtures and their wattages and their counts in there. And we also have to go through a, a little checklist uh, that tells us how we're meeting or are exempt from certain sections of the code. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And like, I think we've started to see some jurisdictions and I don't know if that's an IECC requirement, but like Boulder has like the mandatory and like prescriptive checklists. And I think Denver's starting to like adopt that. Have you run into that or? Uh, yeah, those are kind of a jurisdiction by jurisdiction thing, but yeah, Boulder does have their, their two checklists that they want you to fill out. Um, and Denver also has a, a similar uh, thing it's, but it's, that's only f- in Denver, it's only for projects over 10,000 square feet. Mm. So a lot of our smaller TI projects, we don't have to do that. But if you're getting to larger projects or new builds, they do have their different checklists that they want you to fill out as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's in different disciplines, right? Like mechanical, electrical. Yeah. It, yeah. It applies to mechanical and electrical as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've seen some reports out of Denver talking about electrification of buildings. Um, I'm sure that's something you've had clients coming to you. How are you working with clients and preparing them for that potential change? Uh, Yeah, we have had conversations with some building owners uh, about them potentially wanting to electrify some of their buildings. Um, I mean, typically any of these older buildings, the electrical service isn't designed to support all this extra heating capacity. So you're pretty much looking at a full building service upgrade. Uh, for most of these older buildings. Um, so we've, we've been talking to several, built, lots of building owners about what that would look like for them. We've done assessments and things like that for what exactly they would need to do to, to build out their capacity for electrification. Um, we haven't had anyone pull the trigger on any of those projects to my knowledge yet, but uh, it's going to start happening pretty soon. Is it something that's like, if it's new building, you kind of have to do it. If it's existing, you're not yet required. Um, I new builds, it's not required quite yet, but I mean, I think it is probably smart to sort of plan for that mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. That's definitely, that's major changes. Yeah. I mean, some buildings probably like, they're like, would they even be able to like accommodate? Like, well, it's like you <laughs> said, like some of them there's, they don't have that. They're not set up for that kind of power anyway. Right? Yeah. Some of the older buildings, definitely just the electrical rooms probably aren't large enough to accommodate the amount of power they would need. I mean, the main electrical room, at least. So there's definitely some remodel work just in that. Right. You know, getting Excel to set a new larger transformer, digging up the site to run that. Definitely a big Mm -hmm. expense. Mm -hmm. We had a building owner in Boulder who was really gung-ho about wanting to electrify this building we were working in. And they got back the just like the initial pricing and it was a definite no go. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, it has to be feasible or it's just not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's one thing to like, yeah, okay. There's going to be some capital costs. Like we're going to recoup it, but yeah. Like if the pricing is just an like, astronomical so far out, yeah, it does kill projects. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually give everyone a chance to just, kind of where we call it your soapbox moment um, because we all run into things in our industries where you feel like you say something uh, again and again, and it's a, it's a, it's a topic or, or something that a lot of there's confusion around, or there's something that you are like, I wish I could just tell everyone this. Um, do you have anything? Like, yeah. Clear it up. To like, clear it up or, you know, or, or something that you go, educate. and maybe it's architects <laughs> that get something wrong, or maybe just there's a misunderstanding around or something. You're like, I wish I could just tell everyone this is, you know, either don't worry about this, or this is a confusion a lot. Anything you'd like to get out? <laughs> 
Uh, I think other than the the contract, something we get a lot of questions about is the uh, requirement for receptacles in meeting rooms and conference rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something that a lot of people aren't aware of, and it can kind of come as a surprise later in the project. Yes. You know, the required floor outlets and convenience outlets for meeting rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely uh, something I find myself uh, explaining a lot. So uh, in any meeting room for every 215 square feet of floor space, you do have to have a floor outlet. Okay. And they want convenience outlets, uh, space 12 foot on center around the perimeter. Um, that's how you calculate the number required, but you could actually put those outlets anywhere in the room you want. Oh, okay. But you just have to have a number that is equivalent to having one every 12 feet around the perimeter. Okay. So could you have like a fourplex versus like a duplex to like get, get to your required number? Uh, yes, typically most jurisdictions do accept a fourplex is counting as two. So okay. we have used that successfully. Yeah, lot, I so. think we've definitely run into this with, cause I mean, you also have less wall space a lot of times with conference rooms cause they're usually on the exterior and then they have all glass front. Mm-hmm. And so we just have the two walls. And so you do end up needing to put it, not only that you have to have it in a floor receptacle anyway, but then sometimes just getting enough outlets in there can be a challenge if it has a lot of glass. Yeah. Or like at the perimeter, like you might not be able to add it. Yeah. On a sill wall or something like that, or if it's full height glass. Yeah. We've definitely ended up with some goofy looking rooms where you have like three or four quads on one wall and those yeah. like the only outlets in the room. <laughs> right. Um, but that's the, the code requirement, so. right? Yeah. So that's, that's important to, to remember that one. Yeah. And that's, I think that's like the one room conference room is where you have that requirement of like outlets per feet. That's something that we run into a lot, like from tenants or clients that they're like, well, isn't, don't you have to have an outlet every 12 feet? And like residential code, I think has something like that. I won't quote it cause I don't right. know it. Right. But <laughs> it's definitely don't. something that people have like, they've put that nugget in their brain and they've decided it it's everywhere. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's not, it's not necessarily in commercial. So, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this has been very enlightening and I feel comforted <laughs> because I feel like this has been one of those things that, um, you know, when you hear about a new code change coming, it's always kind of like, Oh, what is this going to mean? What's it going to mean to our clients? And and they're hearing about it too. And usually we hear about it when it comes up in the middle of a project and no one was planning for it. So um, having this conversation is really helpful to us and to our clients to make sure that we know what to plan for and tell them what to plan for so that it's not a surprise mm-hmm. in and the middle of the project. Yeah, we all adapted to occupancy sensors. You know, that was it was change. hard. <laughs> change is hard. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We'll, we'll adapt and yeah. probably become accustomed to, you know, and then we'll be at home and like, my outlets aren't turning off. Or, <laughs> yeah. I wish I was, was automatically doing it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's like sometimes the code gets a bad rap, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, we have to do this or that. And it's like, it's really doing stuff to help the environment and like yeah. better systems and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's good to have a little more knowledge about it. True. Thank definitely. You. Yeah. Good deal. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Please check out the show notes for ways to get in touch with our guests or questions that you may have for us at Keating, your tenant finish experts. <laughs>